Hi there, everybody. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Anne, we are going to discuss another Anne, as a matter of fact, <laughs> an Anna, the film Anna Karenina, starring Kira Knightley, Jude Law, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm -hmm. This is another adaptation. I think there have been 20 or more <laughs> movies over the course of film history. It's a lot of Anna. This one is directed by Joe Wright, who directed Pride and Prejudice and Atonement, both with Kira Knightley. What best I can say about this film is mm -hmm. it is so imaginative and mm -hmm. creative mm -hmm. because it is not shot realistically. It's shot almost as if much of it is happening in a theater Correct. in 19th century Russia, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not only on the stage, but under the stage, backstage, up in the flies, mm -hmm. over the stage. And then you open a door and suddenly they're in a field a or someplace like that. It's very, very imaginative. It really kind of tells you that this is almost a fantasy treatment of Anna Karenina. Well, I think by setting the action on the stage, Joe Wright and Tom Stoppard, the writer, are implying that the characters in Tolstoy's novel were characters who have specific roles to play. Of course. I think the metaphor is obvious, but I think it really works for this particular movie and for this particular story. Leo Tolstoy's novel is really a great big fat soap opera. Of course it is. And it's not a very meaty piece of work. And I think that Joe Wright had his work cut out for him because he was really trying to make something out of nothing. It's a story about a young girl who's married to an older man who falls for a younger man and has an affair. End of story. Well, almost end of story. End of story and end of my job, because I usually give the plot, but you just did <laughs> well, it. Okay. Tell it again, then. <laughs> yes. Anna Karenina is married to a Russian civil servant mm -hmm. named Karenin played by Jude Law, and played very well by Jude Law. Yes. You know, he's always been a very romantic character on screen. He is the least romantic character in this whole film. She takes one look at Count Vronsky, who is a young Russian cavalry officer, mm -hmm. played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, yes. and wow, it's all over. <laughs> they embark on this very, very physical affair. It begins with a dance sequence at a party, when the two of them are dancing together, they dance like nobody else has ever danced in their lives except on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> so right away you know that this is not really what would have happened. It was a way of telling the story without that much dialogue. Well, all the other couples, Les, if you recall in that sequence, are frozen. Yes. And they do not dance until... Anna and the countdowns pass them. It's a very theatrical moment in the film, and it really says that their relationship is going to be hot and heavy. And it is hot and heavy. There are some romantic scenes that will make you kind of gasp for breath. Something else happens in this film that made me gasp, as you know, I'm a great animal lover, mm -hmm. and something happens to a horse here that I could barely watch. Well, there are many things in this movie that are watchable, however. Yes. But I think... The problem with the movie was the casting of one of those main characters. And it was not Kiera Knightley as Anna Karenina. I thought she was quite good. And it wasn't the wonderful Jude Law, who maybe 15 years ago would have been cast as the Count Vronsky. Right. He's very good as the priggish husband. 
but putting Aaron Taylor Johnson in as the sensual, musculature kind of a guy really was a mistake. Aaron Taylor Johnson looks more like the Snow Prince from the Nutcracker Ballet. <laughs> well, that's true. And He's... he spends way too much time fiddling with his mustache to be very sexy in my book. He's blonde. He's blue-eyed. He's almost always dressed in a white uniform. He does look like the Snow Prince. He's too pretty for the yes, role. Yes, he really is. It was hard for me to believe him. Therefore, it was hard for me to believe Anna, and I love Kira Knightley. I think she is so wonderful. So that kind of spoiled the whole film for me. I've got to say that if you just want to go and look at a film, mm -hmm. this film is gorgeous. I agree. I think we have to point out that this is a very patriarchal society that is being represented from Tolstoy's novel. Even her husband says to Anna, don't forget I make the rules, or we make the rules, meaning the men in the court. Right. And it's up to you to obey us. Well, poor Anna, the minute she falls in love, and I don't blame her because her husband was kind of a not-fun guy. Right. So you have her falling in love with a much more interesting person in her eyes. For this, she is ostracized by this patriarchal society. Oh, even the women won't talk to her, won't even look at her. That is correct. So that part of the movie I found very interesting, as opposed to her brother who was carrying on with another woman, and no one bats an eye on that particular affair. So the men are allowed to play around, but not the women. Oh, my goodness. Double standard was rampant back then in the 19th century Russia, wasn't it? Gee, I never heard of that before. <laughs> by the way, her brother is playing played by Matthew McFadden, who played Kira Knightley's lover in Pride and Prejudice. He was Mr. Darcy back then, and he was very good. He's got a difficult role. You don't like him very much in this film. Kelly MacDonald is the woman in question in his She's romantic life. She's quite good, life. by the way, too. Quite good and very beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. The sets are beautiful. The costumes. You know, you think of Kira Knightley, and you think of her in The Duchess. You think of her in Pride and Prejudice. And Atonement. You know, nobody wears beautiful costumes quite like Kira Knightley, possibly Jean Tierney, 50 years ago. So it is beautiful to look at, and it is not a boring film by any stretch of the imagination. No, because it's filled with so many interesting gimmicks. As I said, Joe Wright and Tom Stoppard knew that they had thin material to begin with, so they knew that they had to beef up the cinematic action yeah. and make this film as fascinating to look at as possible. A very smart move on Joe Wright's part. I give him a lot of credit for the novel approach that he took to this novel. It all works, but the foundation that Tolstoy has set down didn't give any of these people, not the writer, not the director, right. not the actors, that much to work with. I there's, know. there's no place to stand. Well, as I said, when you look at the man that Anna chooses to be her lover, you think of the movie Lady Chatterley's Lover, for example, sure. and you think, where is the stable boy when you need him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so this was a problem. The movie somehow manages to overcome the miscasting of this character and was a very interesting hybrid of stagecraft and film theatricality. So for me, I'm going to yellow light. I'm almost green lighting it, but I think it really is a yellow light for Anna Karenina. Maybe they should go back and take a look at the original version with the always mysterious and silent Greta Garbo. Well, I'm going to give it a yellow light also, Anne. I really wanted to like it, 
a lot more than I did because I do like Kira Knightley and Jude Law very, very much. And like you, I'm very entranced with the imaginative work of Joe Wright. I just wish it were a little better than it is. But that's how it goes sometimes. So, two yellow lights for Anna Karenina. We're going to be back to review another film very, very soon. Until that time, my name's Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews is hoping that you will at least love what you're looking at on screen the next time we see you at the movies. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.